A few days ago, we started to explore some of the practices from the fourth foundation of mindfulness, the fourth establishment of awareness. This fourth category is known as uh, mindfulness of dhammas, dhamma being yet another very difficult word to translate. But in this context, it's sometimes translated as categories of experience. And those of you who are familiar with the sutta will know that it includes all kinds of numbered lists. For example, the five hindrances that we were exploring the other day and the seven factors of awakening that I mentioned last night. Those beneficial qualities of mind that support insight, clear seeing. And as I briefly mentioned last night, there's a reciprocal relationship between the five hindrances and the seven factors of awakening. So when the hindrances are present, then by definition, the awakening factors are absent. And the opposite, when the awakening factors are present, there is no room for the hindrances. The hindrances are absent. So, in a one simple way of understanding our practice here is to de-nurture or let go, release the hindrances and strengthen the awakening factors. And when we have the good fortune to spend time in supportive conditions like those we have here on retreat, this shift from the hindrances to the awakening factors can happen quite naturally. So to the extent that we can settle into the silence and the solitude, the simplicity, the slowing down and the stillness, then almost of its own accord, the mind starts to release the hindrances and strengthen the awakening factors and over the course of these last seven days, all of you have seen this process playing out to some extent. So if you can remember back to the first day or two of the retreat, it might have felt like back then pretty much all you were dealing with was the hindrances. And how about now? Anybody still I mean, sure, from time to time, yes, they're going to flicker up, but compared to the first few days, can you see some kind of shift? Yeah. So over time, as we do settle more fully into these supportive conditions, samadhi gets stronger, wisdom and compassion come into play and the insights start to arise and if you don't feel like you're quite there yet, we've still got a couple of days. So this morning I wanted to talk just a little bit more about these st skillful qualities, these seven factors of awakening. And it will be a fairly brief overview, but before we do that, just to say... Um, they're called awakening factors or enlightenment factors because when all seven arise and are completely in balance, 
that provides the optimum conditions for the deepest and most transformative insights to arise. The kind of insights that lead to awakening, hence the name Awakening Factors. And I just want to reinforce a point I made a few days ago that when we hear this word Nibbana or liberation, enlightenment, awakening, it can sound like some kind of esoteric, far-off state. And even the idea of cultivating awakening factors might sound a bit presumptuous, like, who, me? Awakening factors? But remembering that the freedom that we're pointing to, the Nibbana, is the mind that is free from greed, free from hatred, free from delusion. And we can experience that in moments, particularly on retreat, perhaps some quite deep, clear moments when those afflictive energies are temporarily gone. Might just be nanoseconds, but over time those moments start to become more common to last for longer. So that's why I prefer to translate Nibbana as awakening rather than enlightenment, because awakening is a verb, it's a process, whereas enlightenment is a noun and it can sound like a thing to get. So all of us are in this awakening process. And as I said last night, the purpose of all of these different Satipatthana techniques is to help bring these awakening factors into existence and then strengthen and stabilize them. So the first stage is to recognize whether they're present or not, to learn to understand how they feel in the heart and the mind, and then how to help them deepen and stabilize. So I'm going to just give a very brief overview of each of these factors now, and you can even as you're sitting here, notice how are they? Are they present or not? If they're present, how strong are they? So you might even think in, in terms of that scale of zero to ten. So for some of them, as you hear them, there might be an instant sense of recognition. For others, hmm, not so much. That's okay. Whatever response there is, just let it be. So for the first one, mindfulness. Is mindfulness present right now or not? And just in asking the question, the answer is going to be yes. So that's a very easy place to start. <laughs> Am I mindful? Yes. Okay, great. Got the first one. For mindfulness to be an awakening factor, though, it's classified as unremitting or continuous which is why I've been emphasizing mindfulness not just in the form of sitting and walking, but in all our daily activities as well. So right now, can you connect with this quality of mindfulness? And really notice how the mind feels when mindfulness is present. Sense of awareness, alertness, presence. You might recognize the subtly pleasant quality to that mindfulness and recognizing 
The pleasantness of the mind that is mindful sets up a positive feedback loop so that we're more likely the mind naturally wants to go there. And then the second factor, investigation. Is there interest and curiosity about your experience? And again, just asking that question right away, the question itself is a form of investigation. So another easy success. And technically this factor is known as investigation of dhammas, which means knowing the three characteristics that I spoke of last night. Knowing impermanence and satisfactoriness and not-self. And whenever we find ourselves stuck in some way, bringing in this awakening factor of investigation is, and connecting with those three aspects of our experience is what helps get us back on track. So if we're caught in some way, really recognizing this is impermanent, it's unsatisfactory, it's not self, it doesn't belong to me, I'm not in control of it. Those three uh, help us to release whatever the gripping had been. And then we might naturally find that more energy arises. So this is the third factor. The process of investigation naturally raises our mental energy. And we do want this energy to be in balance so we can check from time to time how is the energy right now? Too much? A little bit agitated, not enough, maybe sinking into sloth and torpor. How can I come back to balance? And when the quality of energy does come into balance, we often experience the next awakening factor, which is joy or piti, sometimes translated as rapture or rapt interest. So right now, is there any flicker of joy? And if joy seems like a bit of a stretch, knowing that all of these factors have ranges of intensity, we might notice just a subtle sense of appreciation. Noticing what might we feel a sense of gratitude for. And earlier in the retreat, we were exploring pleasant feeling tone in the body. So sometimes just turning and connecting to with what registers as pleasant can help us connect with this experience of rapt interest or joy. And when that joy grows and steadies, it naturally shades over into the fifth awakening factor, which is tranquility. So how is the mind right now? Is there some sense of tranquility, of calm? Calm and stillness. And if there's some agitation, how might that release? And 
As the agitation settles down and the mind becomes quieter and quieter, we start to experience the sixth awakening factor, which is samadhi, usually translated not so helpfully as concentration, better understood as stability of mind or non-distractability or absorption in the sense of the mind being completely and fully with whatever it's paying attention to. So again, right now, is the mind stable, steady, undistracted or not? If it's a bit scattered, can we just relax and try to release whatever it is that's preoccupying us? And as we get more practice in this continuous relaxing and releasing and letting go, coming home to the object, then eventually we do experience these deeper levels of samadhi. And because the samadhi, the absorption, is so satisfying, there's a kind of contentment, and that naturally leads to the seventh factor of awakening, which is equanimity. That profound balance in the heart and mind where we're just steady and stable. There's no wanting anything. There's no not wanting anything. Deep acceptance. So you might just notice how is the equanimity now? So that's a very brief overview, just a kind of snapshot of what these seven factors are. And because there are quite subtle, refined states, the mindfulness also needs to be quite subtle and refined in order to recognize them. So recognizing them and then learning how to stay with them and let them deepen and strengthen. And at first, when we run through the checklist like that, we might find that maybe only one or two are particularly clear, or the other ones that are present feel quite weak. But even this is useful information because the first step in cultivating these is learning how do they re- how do they feel, learning how to recognize how they feel in the body and the mind. And then with practice, as we get more skilled at setting up the conditions for them to arise, then they become stronger, more steady, and eventually all seven of them come together, are perfectly balanced, and those insights can arise. This is a completely natural process. So in the suttas it's said that just as a river inclines and flows towards the ocean, So the awakening factors incline and flow towards liberation, awakening, freedom. And this analogy suggests that it is just a natural process. And at times we can experience the kind of positive chain reaction that I spoke of a few nights ago. 
that sutta about there's no need for an act of will. So the wholesome states, it's like we catch this thermal updraft and the wholesome states just start to flow naturally one to the other, spiraling upwards and upwards into these moments of Nibbana. So that's what I'd like to practice this morning. Learning to recognize the presence or absence of the awakening factors so that we can get familiar with how they feel and help them grow. And in the meditation, mostly we'll just be sitting in silence, but maybe two or three times I'll just name the list of the seven out loud and you can very lightly just check to see whether they're present or not. Okay.